This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, October 20th. Coming up, for years, residents of Springfield have struggled to get answers about a toxic contamination in their well water. There are no hazardous sign placards to this day, right now. There has never been anything on that fence. A new investigation from St. Louis Public Radio and NPR's Midwest Newsroom has some of those answers. We'll hear that story later in the show. But first, some headlines. A federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit brought by six Kansas residents asking him to remove all electronic voting machines and drop boxes for the 2022 midterm elections. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports. U.S. District Judge Daniel Crabtree ruled the plaintiffs had utterly failed to establish they were likely to succeed on the merits. He said their lawsuit was, quote, long on suspicion, contingency and hypothesis, but short on facts and identifiable harm, unquote. The plaintiffs included two Olathe residents who previously filed a lawsuit in Johnson County seeking to preserve election records in order to assist Johnson County Sheriff Calvin Hayden, who claims he's investigating election fraud. That suit was also dismissed. In the federal case, the plaintiffs claim that various Kansas counties have contracts with election companies with foreign loyalties. The number of Kansas students who are chronically absent from school has almost doubled over the past two years. Education leaders say schools need to reverse the trend, as Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service reports. New data from the Kansas Department of Education shows that more than one in four students was chronically absent last school year. That means they missed at least 10 percent of school, or about a month of instruction. Schools with higher numbers of low-income students, students of color, and English language learners recorded higher absenteeism. Education Commissioner Randy Watson says the trend is especially troubling for young students. Children in the early grades, chronically absent, in pre-K, kindergarten, first, are much less likely to be able to read that grade level by the time they get to third grade. It's not clear what caused the huge drop in attendance, but officials say changes in school habits during COVID-19 likely played a role. In late 2019, hundreds of people in Springfield found out private well water in the area tested positive for trichloroethylene, an industrial solvent known as TCE. Missouri's Department of Natural Resources held a packed community meeting on the matter, led by former official Ed Galbraith. Some of the locals at that meeting are now suing because they weren't told soon enough. Eric Schmid of St. Louis Public Radio and Steve Vakrat of the Midwest Newsroom investigate how many years the water may have been polluted and why local residents only found out recently. DNR's message to Don York and his family was short and clear. Don't drink the water. Don't brush your teeth with the water. Don't take a shower in the water. Don't get it on you. Tests in 2018 revealed the well water at his family's construction business had TCE levels 17 times higher than what the Environmental Protection Agency considers safe. We made coffee with the water, we cooked with the water. My wife and I a lot of times spent 16, 18 hours a day there. The property is less than a mile from the site where former defense contractor Litton Industries made printed circuit boards for decades. Workers used TCE to remove tape and grease from the boards. Alicia York Stradling says for years her family had no indication the water below them might be tainted. There are no hazardous sign placards to this day, right now. There has never been anything on that fence. Today, the Yorks say the TCE contamination makes their property worthless, and they want to recoup the money they've poured into it. 
Don York says the new owners of the Lytton site, defense contractor Northrop Grumman, only offered to connect their property to Springfield's water and sewer system. If we signed a document that relieving them of all liability. On to the future? Yes. Yep. That is not happening. How come? You know, I would never sign off that they're not liable. The York family and a few other residents are now suing Northrop Grumman. The lawsuit alleges the company knew nearby residents were exposed to TCE since 2004 and withheld that information from the public. Inhalation of TCE can lead to cancer, but there haven't been enough studies to know its health risks when ingested. Between 2018 and 2020, DNR found TCE in 87 private wells. For many, it was the first time they heard their water was tainted. And here is where our investigation comes in. We learned that DNR employees raised specific concerns in the 1990s that TCE was spreading into local groundwater from Lytton's property. Before we get to how Lytton and DNR responded, let's hear from a former Lytton employee. Pat Brigance worked at the company in the late 1960s. She says it was hard to avoid breathing the TCE. You don't have no kind of ventilation, no nothing. Me, I passed out two or three times. When you come to, it's like you're drunk. Her brother-in-law, Danny Eddington, also worked at Lytton. He says contaminated liquid would sometimes go into waste lagoons behind the main building. Sometimes that tank got full before the replaying people come, you know. That's when you had to get rid of it or you just wouldn't have to shut down. An EPA report estimates by 1993, Lytton had dumped about 194 million gallons of wastewater on its site. 1993 is also when we found DNR employees explicitly flagging their concerns with Lytton's practices. They knew the geology of the region allows a swift underground water flow that could easily spread the hazardous waste. Lytton and DNR agreed any investigation and cleanup of contamination would stay on the company's property. This didn't change until 2001, after Northrop Grumman bought Lytton. That's when an unrelated investigation into a jet fuel spill at the Springfield airport finds local springs still have high TCE levels. This causes DNR to finally tell Northrop Grumman to clean up the pollution beyond its property. Former DNR geologist Peter Price raised concerns about Lytton's TCE problem in 1995, but his concerns were dismissed by management. There was certainly a feeling within our department that there was very likely off-site contamination and investigation should be extended beyond the property boundaries of Lytton's property. They were reluctant to do that. Even higher-ups at DNR were unaware. Steve Mahfoud was the agency's director from 1997 to 2005. In that almost seven-and-a-half-year time period, there was probably two minor mentions of the situation in Springfield with, with Lytton. Current DNR officials only agreed to answer our questions in writing, defending their actions with Lytton. They say DNR doesn't usually issue public notices while investigating contamination. Representatives from Northrop Grumman declined to discuss this story, but in memos to DNR, Lytton, and later Northrop Grumman repeated their commitment to cleaning up the contamination. The notes usually stop short of admitting responsibility, often claiming there were other potential sources of TCE. But former Lytton workers say the company undoubtedly caused the contamination. Here's Danny Eddington, whom you heard from earlier. There was some nighttime getting rid of chemicals going on, you know, 
you witnessed this? I don't. I hate to say it, but I did some of it. Hello? We found Eddington at his home in Willard. You Danny? I'm Danny, Ben Eddington. And we asked him why they dumped the chemicals. I felt bad about what we did, but we were ignorant to the fact at the time that these chemicals were all toxic. Danny Eddington died six days after we recorded this interview with him. Bless his heart, he was just such a jolly, good person, and then he just fell apart and had lung cancer. Pat Bergant says what happened to her brother-in-law is common among former Lytton workers. I'd hate to say how many people, but they died with cancer. And that everybody that we get together with talks about it because there's so many of them. There isn't enough evidence to link Lytton's TCE use with specific medical conditions. But the lawsuit against Northrop Grumman seeks to establish ongoing medical testing for the residents whose wells registered TCE at any point. Today, the old Lytton site is empty, and Northrop Grumman has remediated most of the soil where TCE and other chemicals were dumped. But it's a lot harder to remove the TCE that's already gotten into the groundwater, and it could take more than 100 years for it to begin to break down. I'm Eric Schmidt. And I'm Steve Vakrat in Springfield, Missouri. This story comes to us from the Midwest Newsroom, an investigative reporting collaboration with NPR and member stations in Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, and Missouri. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Eric and Steve's story about well contamination in Springfield, visit kcur.org, where you can find more Kansas and Missouri news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear why the town of Independence spent $2 million in federal COVID-19 relief funding on its police department. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. On the latest episode of Overlook, Chapter 2, The Wrong Lamont. In 1994, Kansas City, Kansas police arrested Lamont McIntyre for a double homicide he didn't commit, sending him to prison for more than two decades before he was finally exonerated. Except McIntyre was a mile away from the Hutchings Street murders. There was nothing to tie me to this crime, nothing. As it turns out, the only evidence police had to charge McIntyre was his first name and the coerced testimony of two eyewitnesses. Overlooked, a new podcast from KCUR Studios and the NPR Midwest Newsroom. Get the new episode on Apple, Spotify, and KCUR.org.